Good morning, it's Wednesday, January 3rd, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at our top stories and other important things going on in our community. Today, we dive into a significant development in the fight against opioid overdose, the FDA's approval of Upvee. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsors at Lolly Automotive. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Lolly from the Lolly Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small town dealer friendly. Come into any one of the Lolly dealerships today, or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lolly deal. Nobody. Now some Arizona trivia. Did you know that the Gadsden Purchase of 1854 involved a nearly 30,000-square-mile area in present-day southern Arizona and southwestern New Mexico? The land was acquired by the U.S. from Mexico and was the last major territorial addition to the contiguous United States. The treaty was initiated for the construction of a southern transcontinental railroad and completed by the Southern Pacific Railroad from 1881 to 1883 and to settle border disputes. The U.S. paid Mexico $10 million, or the equivalent of $260 million in 2022, a decision influenced by Mexico's financial struggles and past territorial losses to the U.S. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson, they're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our feature story. The new FDA-approved medication, Opvie, is a response to the shift in the opioid crisis towards fentanyl, a highly potent opioid. Jerome Adams, the 20th U.S. Surgeon General, emphasizes its importance in combating fentanyl overdoses. Initially, the opioid epidemic was fueled by over-prescription of painkillers, leading to a rise in heroin use and associated health issues. Opvie stands out from its predecessor, naloxone, due to its longer plasma half-life of 11 hours, reducing the need for repeated administration during an overdose. Despite its effectiveness, the adoption of nalmefine has been slow. Awareness and inclusion in state standing orders, which often only mentions naloxone, are hurdles to its widespread use. In states like Arizona, nalmefine can be obtained without a prescription. However, many first responders still lack access to it, as it's not yet included in the approved medication list for pre-hospital providers by state health services. The federal response has been more proactive. Recognizing the national security threat posed by fentanyl, the government, through the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, has invested in developing and stockpiling OPVI. Adams also stresses the need for fentanyl overdose solutions in environments like college campuses where unsuspecting students often encounter drugs laced with fentanyl. With approximately 111,000 overdose deaths in America last year, Adams highlights the critical role of antidotes like nalmefine in combating this crisis. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Here at Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, the holidays are about to get ugly. Join us for our ugly sweater party taking place December 15th from 2 to 4 p.m. Amid the beauty of the season, we want to see your most garish garments. The best of the worst holiday sweaters will win prizes and will have snacks and refreshments along with all sorts of holiday fun. 
For more, visit prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Again, that's prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Next, First Place AZ released a Greater Phoenix housing market analysis aiming to close the housing gap for adults with autism and intellectual or developmental disabilities. The study sheds light on an invisible housing crisis and provides market data on the needs of neurodiverse families. As a mother of a child with autism, Michelle Hendry feared what would happen to her son if she was no longer around. I thought he was going to be with us forever. I thought he was you know, going to live out all his days with us, which kind of scared me because what happens when my husband and I pass away. Now, her son is 31. He's living on his own in an affordable housing community operated by the Foundation for Senior Living. I've been here since the day this place opened. But the journey isn't easy. It can be a little bit scary at times. Only a few properties are designed for people with neurodiversities. Will had specific needs when looking for housing. Somewhere quiet, somewhere better than people are friendly. A first place Arizona report reveals the lack of affordability options for the neurodiverse population. There are none in this community that are specific to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities other than these small projects that we've done with the Foundation for Senior Living. And those account to about 10 apartments. To live in the Phoenix metropolitan area last year, a person needed to earn over $43,000 a year or work 66 hours a week at minimum wage to afford a one-bed apartment. And despite a desire to work, only about 25% of adults with any disability are employed in Maricopa County. Individuals with neurodiversities have a desire to live with other folks, to be part of the community, they need to be supported to do that. Chase Field, where the Arizona Diamondbacks play, seats nearly 50,000 people. And according to the report, the population of people with intellectual or developmental disabilities in Arizona is three times the capacity of the stadium. What we heard over and over from our respondents was that they want a neuroinclusive plans community. First Place offers supportive housing for adults with neurodiversities and a transitional academy for adults with autism to learn how to live independently. Will was one of the first graduates from the academy. They taught cooking, they taught personal hygiene, um, cleanliness in the house. Um, it was a two-year program. It, it was quite intense. First Place ensures housing options are as bountiful for people with neurodiversities. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace stocks Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace first. Sierra Vista Ace since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 9. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. New Year, New You, or so the saying goes. If you're looking to get in shape or just get moving, head over to the Sierra Vista Public Library at 9.30 a.m. today for a sit or stand exercise class. There will be opportunities to stretch, do yoga, try Pilates, and more. Participants of all ages are welcome to sit, stand, or both. Finally, today we're remembering the life of Luis Aguilar. Luis was born in Irapuato, Mexico. His family moved to Mexico City, where he attended school until the sixth grade. To support his family, he went to work for an accomplished upholsterer who taught him the craft. He was drafted into the army and was stationed at Fort Ord in California. 
he was immensely proud to serve. He became a dual citizen of the United States of America and Mexico, and became a naturalized citizen in 1985. In Los Angeles, he became a supervisor for Ashley Furniture. Later, he moved his family to Sierra Vista and owned a business called Cochise Manufacture. Afterwards, he moved to Las Cruces, New Mexico, and opened DA Upholstery, where he manufactured, restored furniture, and repaired auto upholstery. While in Sierra Vista, he served the city as liaison to Fort Huachuca, was a member of St. Andrew's Catholic Church, the Knights of Columbus, the League of United Latin American Citizens, and Sister Cities International. He is survived by his wife, Dorothy, siblings, first wife, Elaine Sierra, grandchildren, and extended family. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Luis's life and service. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.